First of all, being gay is far from a curse. It's more like an extra order of fries at Wendy's because the lady behind the window isn't paying attention while she fills your bag. It's awesome. This is AMI Audiobook Review, where we chat all things audiobooks on this weekly podcast. And this is Saturday, June 18th, 2022. A couple days until the summer officially starts. But if you're anywhere on my boat, it's pretty much started like a month ago. So (laughs) we checked off the show starting with this quote by Jeffrey Self from Drag Teen. And we're celebrating Pride Month throughout June with these featured quotes uh, featuring people from the community, stories from the community, and authors and narrators in the LGBTQ plus community as well. I thought it was such a smile-finding phrase. It's something I made up. I really love going with that because not only are we craving some good drive through fries after listening to that, but personally, I feel like we're loving that symbolic, simple, light, understanding, empathetic feeling of love. This uncomplex version of it. It's not complicated. It's awesome. That's what it is. So we have a lot to discuss here. Let's get into the SELA homepage at a glance. The featured titles at the very top, starting with The Girl in the Middle by Ionese Gronofsky. This is a biography and moving on to Love That Story, Observations from a Gorgeously Queer Life by Jonathan Van Ness, Humor and Anthologies category. We discussed this one last week, so check out the podcast for that uh, pause or play. Still Just a Geek is the third and final featured title by Will Wheaton. Humor, Family and Relationships, we'll get into that one in a bit. But Sila is helping us celebrate Pride Month. So under the blog, the latest post is Sila Celebrates Pride. Pride Month is an excellent time, as we know, to check out some new titles from LGBTQ plus authors or about the LGBTQ plus community. And they've curated a selection of recent additions to the collections. And you can check out the LGBTQ category specifically for the entire list of everything that they have on the uh, catalog. Sela has also put together some of the titles by Canadian authors nominated for Lambda Awards. So we talked about Lambda when we had our friends from Sela Library on uh, the first episode of June. And the Lambdas were created for some background 34 years ago to uh, nurture and advocate for LGBTQIA writers and affirm the values of the lives and stories of the folks in this community. So more than 100 books were nominated across 24 different categories. The full list of categories as well as all the nominees are available on the Lambda site. And There are three titles that were categorized, or uh, I should say highlighted in this blog post by Sila, Care of Letters, Connections, and Cures by Advan Coyote. This is is from the transgender fiction category. Another one that was a Canadian author written uh, tale is Northern Light by Cassie Molly, and this is from the LGBTQ nonfiction category. The last one, which is also a congratulations to 
Alex Olin, who won the Lambda for the bisexual fiction category, and the title was We Want What We Want. So I have some of the highlights here from the entire collection um, that was put from the the SELA folks, as well as in this featured uh, blog post. So some of these highlights from these suggestions are, number one, The Listeners. This is a novel by Jordan Temahill, and uh, this is about a family torn apart by a mother's obsession with a sound that nobody else in her family can hear. So while lying in bed one night with her husband, Claire Devon finally or suddenly hears a low hum. This innocuous sound, which nobody else in the house can hear, has no obvious source or medical cause. It begins to upset the balance in Claire's life. So that's one suggestion. And next one is... A Dream of a Woman, stories by Casey Plett, an ethereal meditation on partnerships, sex, education, romance, groundedness, and love. This one is uh, stories that buzz with quiet intensity and the intimate complexities of being human. Third suggestion for you, The Spectacular. This is a novel by um, Zoe Woodall. It's taboo to regret motherhood, but what would happen if you do? This is a multi-generational story exploring the sexuality, gender, and the weight of reproductive freedoms. You Still Look the Same is another suggestion. This one is by Zana Doctor. It's a collection of poetry navigating midlife. It's an intimate deep dive and humorous glance at the tumultuous decade of her 40s. It explores midlife breakups and dating, female genital cutting, imprints of racism and misogyny, and the oddness of sex and love. It urges us to take a second look at the ways in which human relationships are never what we expect them to be. So that one sounds like a heavy one to kind of round off things. Uh, But there are a lot of great selections here and suggestions straight from our friends at SELA. So go to selalibrary.ca and uh, you can check out their blog, which has this post as the latest one from June. If you want to get a hold of us and give us your recommendations, maybe uh, check in on something that we've already chatted about. 1-866-509-4545 is how you can reach us and leave us a message. Also, feedback at ami.ca is where you can give us your written feedback and we'd love recommendations there as well. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, here this week with Jacob Chimansky as our technical producer. And we're going to get to know our guest in a second. But before that, it's time for pause or play. So we went through these featured titles at the the start of the show from our Sela Library homepage. Let's check out the last one on the list. Still Just a Geek by Will Wheaton. This is a humor and family and relationships and a biography. So celebrated actor, personality, and all-around nerd Will Wheaton re-examines one of the most exciting lives of Hollywood and fandom, and that is, of course, his own. Will Wheaton has charted a career course unlike anyone else and has emerged as one of the most popular and well-respected names in science fiction, fantasy, and pop culture. And back in 2001, Will began blogging on willwheaton.net. 
Believing himself to have fallen victim to the curse of the child actor, Will felt relegated to the convention circuit and didn't expect that many would want to read about his random experiences and personal philosophies. Yet, much to his surprise, people were reading. And he still blogs and people still read. So now he has this huge following on social media with well over 3 million followers. An incredibly raw and honest memoir is this one that we can check out in which Will opens up about his life, about falling in love, about coming to grips with his past work, choices and family, and finding fulfillment in the new phases of his career. So now we're going to go around the table and pause or play this title. Jacob, lucky victim number one, we'll start with you. Pause or play? I'll give this one a play. I find Will Wheaton is just super interesting to start with. But I love the idea of people not realizing how interesting they are. And like I'm just picturing that a whole bunch of people in his life told him, like, no, 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 you need to write a biography because like your whole life is really interesting. And he's like, nah, I'm not that interesting. I can only imagine that a whole lot of people can relate to that experience. But as far as the book goes, yeah, it sounds super interesting. I'm all in. Okay, quick follow-up. Is it ever too early to write a biography? You know, if he was Mm. like 12 or 18 (laughs) and and people were like, you need to do this. No, your blog posts are awesome. Like deep dive into it. That's a a really, really good point. Um, How old is he now, you know? Dude, I have no idea. 50s maybe i'm totally guessing yeah that's a good point i mean you have to write your biography eventually he's 49 49 49. thank you okay Okay. perfect yeah so 49 good age and this is a rewrite by the way this is a revamp to his um just a geek which was the original publishing and now it's still just a geek second well I, i feel like part of what makes him really interesting is the whole child actor thing and he's not going to be a child actor at 49. So no, <laughs> uh, he, he's at a good age to write a biography in his case. So uh, yeah, 100%. That's a play for me. Okay, sounds good. Uh, moving over to Sadine, who so quickly was able to Google the 49-year-old Will Wheaton. Pause or play? I would play just because I'm nosy. And I like reading about people's life. Um, however, finding out that is the second time he's doing it revamping it um i'm now kind of (laughs) iffy okay because you know these series of blog posts right he went in and kind of rejigged some things probably added a couple more uh blog posts to his collection so you're thinking might not be worth the reread the thing is do i need to read a third version of this if we're on the second and he's only 49 Guaranteed, it might be a third version of it. Do I want to read the third one, or do I want to read this one? But am I nosy enough to want to chat, find out about his childhood and his abusive father? Yeah, I am. Okay. Did I say abusive father? Was that did that come in the Google search? Google search. (laughs) (laughs) Very much the Google search. So I used to ask people, we're going to talk to Sadine in a second and I'll formally tell you guys who she is. But um, we used to ask people this questionnaire when when they come on the show. And one of the questions on the AR listening scale, as I called it, was, um, do you only pick what's popular? You know, when you're going for an audiobook, do you Google the heck out of something or uh, find out how much clout it has before stepping into it? And, you know, how quickly 
you were able to Google what you may, why or why you may not press pause or play on this book, Savine, uh, it astonishes me, even with the technology out there right now. Wow. So I'm Google queen. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're talking about, first of all, Still Just a Geek by Will Wheaton. It's his um, second edition of this biography. If you want to check it out, he does narrate it, and it's available on selalibrary.ca. And now we move on to check in with our avid reader. Um, so we're opening up the space to review and discuss and reminisce and browse and conceptualize and recommend audiobooks. I knew I forgot one thing. Amir, where are you to, to catch me up? And we're welcoming in Sadine Lowe, one of my oldest friends and an absolute audiobookaholic. And she's here to come on the show to tell us, uh, A, some recommendations of her own, and B, give us a little scoop on what it feels like to read uh, to listen to audiobooks. Because Sadine, you, before, when we were in high school together, uh, were part of all the book clubs and all the library clubs and all these other things. And you were reading physical books at that point. So are you still reading any physical books? Up until I had a child three years ago, I was. After having a kid, I do not read physical books anymore. So now you're into the audiobook world completely. Yes. 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 So this is kind of like a convert conversation also. <laughs> yes, definitely a convert conversation. So when and where do you find the time to pick up audiobooks? Is it a on-the-go type thing or do you actually take time to focus in? Um, I do both. So as a lot of it is on the go of while I'm driving, cleaning, cooking. I think my kid hears more audiobook than he does anything else like music. I would just be playing it while I'm playing with him. Um, it's always going on while something else is happening. However, I am known to completely stop in the aisle of the supermarket to listen to a part <laughs> of the book that just got really good. And it requires me not to move so that I could fully immerse myself in that part. Wow. I, yeah, I can definitely imagine that. Um, th th we've paused a couple times for a lot of different things over the years, and I've definitely bumped myself into you because you've stopped for something amazing that's come up. So <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all. And you, you're an audio or sorry, an Audible fan. You're on Audible. And yes. now they call it the Audible Plus catalog, right, where you get all kinds of free stuff um, included in your membership is the other way to say it in parentheses. Um, you're a fan of this. How much do you get out of that part of it? Actually, a lot of the books I read lately are coming from Audio Plus. Um, usually what I find is that I find one book in the series that is on Audio Plus, and then it forces me to go listen to all the other books in the series. Oh, okay. Um, the current series I'm reading what they did is that book one was in Audio Plus, book two was not, book three is, and I'm wondering if book four <laughs> is not. So that's what they have done to force us to buy and listen. Marketing. It's good marketing. Yes. And actually, it's a good way to encourage us because sometimes you're like, I'm not going to check out the series. But then you check it out on Audible Plus, uh, which is included, like I said. Then you go read book two, you buy it, right? And then you're like, nah, but I think I'm done. But oh, wait, book three is available back in the included section. <sighs> that is that's what I've been caught in currently. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's amazing. So you've been with Audible for how long? Roughly? Probably three years that I've been listening to audiobooks. Um, and I'll probably say since 2018. Okay. 
I love it. Uh, and you're fully immersed. So there's no need for you to, for me to you know tell you how amazing audio audiobooks are, but I have to ask because this is just a curious point for me always with every conversation. Do you speed up your books? No, and you hate that I don't do that. I know. So <laughs> much time saved, but no, eh? Still? No, I listen to it. I think the speed is 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> it's nothing. So I, I can't even notice exactly. <laughs> Very slow. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, tell us, if you will, uh, your go-to genre, your go-to kind of book. I'm definitely a big romance fan um, and nonfiction. So that's legitly where I stay 99.9% of the time. Um, if I really want to get into uh, like a personal development, I do that maybe like once every couple of months. But the book that really, really, really got me deep down into Audible. Uh, I think we're reading it together last year by James Clare. Now I can't remember the name we? of it. Okay. Yes. We read, we're reading at the same time. Yeah, when I remember, I tell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take it back if you remember. Um, but yeah, that that's really great with the self-development. When you were going through um, pregnancy or parenting books or any of that stuff, I guess even now it's still a possibility. Do you go through audiobook life for that? Yes, I do. Um, if anybody knows what having a kid, my kid is three years old, is like is that you don't have a moment to sit down by yourself and actually read a book. So mm -hmm. a lot of the parenting books I'm reading or read, I was listening to an Audible. And I get through it so much faster than if I was reading it myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you would get through it even faster if you sped it up. But you know what? It's part of the learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, I so can completely we'll... see you going in my phone and changing the speed I listen to the books at. I'm honestly tempted and I don't even think you'd notice. But I probably wouldn't. it's an experiment for another time. Okay, so you and I have shared a lot about Colleen Hoover, and anybody who listens regular to this uh, regularly to this show knows that I'm a fan of Colleen Hoover. I've put others on Colleen Hoover. Amir Khan, who's joining us next week, he um, read a bunch of her books, not back to back, because you can't do that with Colleen Hoover. There's a lot to digest. Um, and you were the one who originally introduced me to her. So tell all of us remind us who Colleen Hoover is, why you love her books. So um, Colleen Hoover started out as a social worker and the English teacher way back in the day. Um, she is an American writer, nonfiction. However, she does have a crazy side. Um, really just an amazing all around author that dips her toe in just about every section of writing that you can think of. And when you say nonfiction, it's like influenced based on real events. Not really. Um, real events. So I think some of these events have happened and she just elaborates the stories. Right. Rest of them, she comes up with them on her own. However, I am really contemplating her motivation for books like Variety um, probably pronouncing that wrong, but yep, that one—I don't know where that craziness came from. And it's because, like, when we when we say it's really out there stuff. Um, number one, she touches on a lot of very serious subject matter, right? Like yeah. 
sexual abuse and depression and mental health issues and domestic violence and uh, all kinds of stuff. And and I've noticed a lot, especially for women identifying people going through um, real like today world things. She doesn't get in too much into like how things used to be, but it really feels like something somebody can be going through right now, which also is very uh, realistic for me when I read her books. So, for example, Ends With Us is the book that you're referring to when she was dealing with domestic violence. That one is based on true story. So her biological father um, was abusive to her mom and her mother really had to decide that it really did end right there and took them out of that situation. So if you read the book or if you ever see her talking about it, she will say that it's dedicated to her mom and her sister. Um, and that one, she took that from, um, that real life experience and then turn it into this real book. And it's probably her number one selling book overall, because mm-hmm. we keep going back for it. And just a little plug, she's coming with part two of that in October. Is she? Yes. Oh I'm my so gosh. Excited. I had no idea. Wow. I don't even know what a part two of that book could even look like. Oh my like, gosh. The stress yeah. that it put me through. <laughs> I know. Oh, it was. It was a lot, a lot. And and the thing is, um, you know, you're talking about like you talked about who she is, right? She was a social worker. She was dealing with a lot of stuff. She brings that completely into her writing. Yes, 100 percent. Did you do all that research after you started liking her as an author? Like when did you um, decide to look into who she is or check out interviews? I'm not sure to what capacity you were looking into her. So I joined the Facebook group because I really needed to discuss one of the books, the first books that I read, um, which was November 9. I just needed to cuss about how she wrote the book. So there was Mm -hmm. a Facebook group that I joined and she comes onto the Facebook group and she posts about herself and she tells you about her life and responds to your comments. Um, It's called Cohorts. So that's how I found out a lot about her life from her Facebook group. And she's involved on that. Yes, she is. Like she legitimately responds to your comments and posts things about it, gives people ARC copies of her books from um, that group. She's like super involved with it as much as she can. That's amazing. I had no idea. And like we knew that you were super fans, right? Anybody who knows you, Colleen Hoover comes up in any book conversation. But uh, the the fact that, you know, it's so involved of her to respond to the fan base, because you know what? I think there's a a seriously, not rewarding, but relieving aspect to that. When an author who puts out books that are so serious, so complex, um, so much to discuss, you know, a lot of us are probably taking her books to therapy with us. You know, we're like, yep. oh, man, uh, a lot to unfold here. Um, and and to be able to respond to the community expressing these things, that's valuable. Yes. I've actually made my therapist go read one of her books. <laughs> I talked about it so much. <laughs> Again, twice, twice in this segment that I will say I'm not surprised at all. But just a part of the eccentricity of Sadid. Honestly, okay, okay, this is this is great. Now we just have a couple minutes left, so tell me what else are you reading right now? Okay, you're willing so right to now, share. I'm reading. It's quite spicy, 
but it's the Missionary and Masters Master series in the Forgotten, and it's by Lexi Blake. So I'm on book three of that series. It's about the Lost Boys. Um, a mad scientist doctor kidnapped them, wiped their memory, and is going through each person's recovery of getting their memory back and knowing who they were previously. I would recommend one book other than that, though, for the LGBTQ listeners that you're talking about yes. in the beginning. And it's Purple Panties by Zane. It's a bit of an older book. But for our Black LGBTQ listeners, that one is like superb, superb. Extra spicy, though. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, most of the books in your um, personal library, I think, might be extra spicy, you know, to go along with your personality. (laughs) (laughs) So this is amazing. Thank you for recommending those two and for talking Colleen Hoover and for everything else. Um, Appreciate you coming on. And I say this to so many guests, but I really mean it. I I hope to have you back on the podcast. My pleasure. Sadine Lowe joining us today's guest on AMI Audiobook Review, giving us her recommendations and uh, completely encouraging all of us to continue reading Colleen Hoover and her subject matters. That's it for today's episode. And until next week when we're back with Amir Khan, happy audiobook listening. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.